It is good to be here this morning. Um, you might have noticed in the bulletin the last couple of weeks, there's something new in there. It's a sheet that says opportunities to serve on it. It's on the back of the small group questions. As we continue talking about our theme for the year, being equipped to serve, one of the things that we want to do is make sure that we highlight opportunities that you have to serve within this congregation and serve people outside the congregation. There are a couple of things that are coming up very uh, soon. Next Saturday, or this coming Saturday, is a spring cleanup day here at the building. We'll be pulling weeds and picking up trash, and I don't want to make any judgments, but I think almost everybody here is equipped to serve in that way, so I don't think it takes a whole lot. So if you could be here next Saturday for just three hours, we could get this place looking really good for the next Saturday, which is when we'll have a lot of guests and visitors here on our outreach day. We'll have a car show, we'll have bouncy houses, we'll have food, we'll have all kinds of things going on on that day, and we want things to look really good for our guests who will come and be with us. I also want to ask you to be in prayer about that outreach day. Uh, not only be in prayer, but also be in communication with your friends and your neighbors and your family. Invite them to come be a part of that day with us, and also plan on being here yourself so that we can all have that time together, so that we can have that time to, to celebrate together what we are seeing God do in this place through his family, through his church at Netherwood Park. So please keep those two things in mind. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for every day that you give us and all the blessings that come with those days. And Father, we see you at work all around us, Father, in in large ways and small ways, in our lives and in lives of others, in your creation. And Father, we just praise you for that. Father, we pray that you'll help us not only be aware of all the good things that we see around us, but help us to be aware of the difficulties that we see in the lives of our brothers and sisters. Help us to be people who have a heart to to reach out to people who are going through life's storms. Help us to be people who are willing to, to step into the boat with people who are in the danger of drowning in the midst of their storm. Father, help us to bring the presence of your son, Jesus Christ, into their storms so that they can know and feel how loved and how important and how much you care and how much Jesus cares by seeing how much we care. And Father, we pray this through the name of Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. So I want to quickly give you an update on Project 6K. Uh, Some of you here probably don't know, Project 6K is the name we've given to our 2016 Netherwood Park Reading Challenge. As a congregation, we have challenged ourselves to be a body that is continually immersed in Scripture. I want to be continually immersed in Scripture so that God's Word can work on us, so that His Word can build us up, so His Word can equip us to be the servants that He has called us to be. And to help us do that, help us reach that goal of being a a people who are always immersed in God's Word, we have challenged ourselves to collectively read 6,000 books of the Bible in 2016. So how are we doing towards our goal? Well, so far in 2016, as of March the 6th, we have read 1,756 books of the Bible. That's fantastic. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you for all that you're doing to immerse yourselves in God's word. Also, you need to know that we're nearing the end of our It Doesn't Matter sermon series 
And in this series, what we've been doing is we've been confronting objections that we have to answering God's call to serve in his kingdom. In this series, we're challenging the frequent rationalizations, the frequent excuses that we offer for why we believe that we are unqualified to serve in God's kingdom. And as we continue that series today, we're going to see that when it comes to serving our brothers and sisters who are in need, it doesn't matter if it all seems hopeless. And I want you to know that there are some really important lessons for you today. Important lessons for you if you ever feel helpless. If you ever feel helpless when your brothers and sisters are in situations that make them feel hopeless. If you ever feel helpless when your brothers and sisters feel hopeless. You know what that hopeless feeling is like? Probably because many of us have been there. And I know we all know what that helpless feeling is like. We know how helpless we feel when one of our sisters receives a diagnosis that she has terminal cancer. Or the helpless feeling that we have when one of our brothers loses his job and the financial pressures just come in and they're crushing and they're overwhelming to he and his family. We know how helpless we can feel when one of our sisters has lost their mom after a very long and difficult illness. How helpless we feel when someone's wife or husband has suddenly deserted the family. How helpless we can feel when we see a family where there's a child who is following an addiction down what's sure to be a very tragic path. We know those helpless feelings. We know the helpless feeling that comes when we don't know how to serve our brothers and sisters when the storms of life leave them feeling hopeless. Well, I also know that many of us here today have experienced those very kinds of storms. In fact, I know that some of us here today are right now experiencing some of those kinds of storms. Some here have received that diagnosis Some here have lost that loved one. Some here have been laid off of that job. Some here have been deserted. Some here have had children that had the addiction that was taking their child away. Many of us know what it's like to be in the middle of a storm when things seem hopeless. And today I want all of us to leave here knowing a couple of things. I want us to all leave here knowing that we have all been called and we've all been equipped to serve. We've been called and equipped by God to serve our brothers and sisters in the midst of their storms. I want us to leave here today knowing that we aren't helpless. I also want us to leave here today knowing that even when we are in the midst of those great storms, we aren't alone and we aren't hopeless. I want us all to leave here today knowing that we aren't hopeless. So let's go back inside that boat and let's experience once more the storm that we find in Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. That day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. And then leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were other boats with him. And a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. 
And Jesus was in the stern and he was sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him up and they said to him, Teacher, don't you care? Don't you care if we drown? Now this is quite a storm. Most of us haven't experienced something like this because most of us have spent most of our life in the desert where there aren't very many lakes or seas or squalls or even boats. But these are experienced men. These are experienced fishermen. And they're experiencing a storm that's so severe they're convinced that their situation is hopeless. They're certain they're going to drown. And it's really interesting to see what is most troubling to the people who are in the boat. It's not the waves. It's not the wind. What's most troubling is that Jesus, their rabbi, their teacher, their leader, their friend, what is most troubling to them is that Jesus is sleeping through it. He doesn't seem to care. What's most troubling is that Jesus doesn't seem to care. He doesn't seem to care about the winds. He doesn't seem to care about the waves. But most troubling, he doesn't seem to care about them. And so they say, teacher, don't you care? And you know, that's what it's like when we go through life's storms. That's what it's like when our brothers and sisters go through their life storms. And they're certain that they're going to drown. See, in the midst of life storms, we have the same concerns. We have the same questions that run through our minds. We wonder, is anyone even aware that I'm drowning? Is anyone even aware of my diagnosis? Is anyone even aware of my loss? We also often wonder if Jesus is aware that we're drowning. Is Jesus aware of my diagnosis? Is Jesus aware of my loss? In the midst of our storms, we don't want to know just that people are aware. We also want to know that they care. Deep down, that's what we really want to know, is that others care. So we ask questions, does anybody care? Does anybody care that I'm drowning? Does anybody care about my diagnosis? Does anybody care about my loss? And despite what we know intellectually, despite what we have read, despite what we've been taught, the question also runs through our mind. Does Jesus care? Does Jesus care that I am drowning? Does Jesus care about my diagnosis? Does Jesus care about my loss? And when we're in that boat when we're wondering if anybody is aware, when we're wondering if anybody cares, being in that boat is a lonely place to be. Being in that boat is a scary place to be. And being in that boat is a seemingly hopeless place to be. We know about that loneliness. We know about that fear. We know about that hopelessness because most of us have been in that boat ourselves. So it makes me wonder why. Having been in that boat ourselves and even when we know that a a brother or sister is going through a life storm and we know that they're drowning. 
even when we know that they feel hopeless in the midst of their storm, why do we so often feel and act like we are helpless? Like we're helpless to serve their needs in the midst of their storm? Why do we so often feel unqualified to serve our brothers and sisters when they are drowning? Well, I think there are probably dozens of reasons why we feel unqualified to serve in those situations. One reason might be because we have never experienced their particular storms ourselves. You know, I've never received a cancer diagnosis. Thank God I haven't lost a parent, and I haven't lost a spouse, and I haven't lost a child. I haven't been deserted by my wife. I haven't been through those particular storms. And it's easy for me to think, well, then surely I'm not qualified to serve my brother or sister who is going through those particular storms. Or we might stand back and remove ourselves because we really don't know what to say. Maybe we're afraid we'll say the wrong thing in the middle of the storm and just make things worse. After all, what do you say to someone who's drowning in their storm? We also might keep our distance because we don't really know what to do. After all, what do you do for someone who's drowning in their storm? Or we might just stand on the shore and watch because we know how inadequate we are. We're well aware of how powerless we are. And we know that we can't calm their storm. We know we can't fix their storm. We know we can't cure the disease. We know we can't bring the loved one back. We know we can't pay all the bills. We know we can't end the addiction. So often what we do is we helplessly stand by while our brothers and sisters hopelessly confront their storms alone. But it doesn't have to be that way in the body of Christ. In fact, it shouldn't be that way in the body of Christ. Let's go back inside the boat. Mark chapter 4, verse 38. Remember the question in the midst of the storm. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Then Jesus got up. He rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the winds died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified. And they said to one another, who is this? Who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Who is this indeed? Who is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? Well, we're in a position to answer that question better than the people in the boat were in a position to answer that. Who is this? Well, this is God in the flesh. This is Messiah. This is King Jesus. This is the anointed one. This is the one who went to the cross for us. This is the one who will not desert us. Who is this? This is Jesus. This is the one who must be brought into the boat when all seems hopeless. 
must be brought into the boat. Who is this? This is Jesus. This is the one who equips us when we feel helpless. See, without Jesus, we really are hopeless when we're caught up in life's storms. And without Jesus, we really are helpless when we see our brothers and sisters drowning. But with Jesus, with Jesus, everything changes. See, there's hope in every storm with Jesus. There's help in every storm with Jesus. And because each and every one who is here today, each and everyone who's a member of this body of Christ, because they've been clothed with Jesus Christ, they've also been equipped to bring Jesus into the boat. And because each and every member of this body has the spirit of Jesus living in them, each and every one of us is equipped to bring Jesus into the boat when our brothers and sisters are going through life storms. See, when we, when the body of Christ, when we, Jesus' people, when we show our drowning brothers and sisters that we are awake, when we show our drowning brothers and sisters that we are aware of their storm, when we show our drowning brothers and sisters that we care about their storm, when we're awake and when we're aware and when we care, we bring Jesus into their boat in the midst of their storm. And when we bring Jesus into the boat, then an amazing thing happens. Then they know. They know that not only are we awake and are we aware and that we care, they also know that Jesus is awake. And they know that Jesus is aware of their storm. And they know that Jesus cares about their storm. See, when we climb into the boat with our drowning brothers and sisters, we answer those questions. Questions like, do you care that I'm drowning? We answer that by saying, with our presence in the boat, yes, I care. To the question, does Jesus care that I am drowning? Our presence in their boat answers, yes, Jesus cares. That's what we've been equipped by Jesus and by his spirit to do. To climb into the boat and show that we care and to show that Jesus cares. And that care does some amazing things. It brings calm. It brings peace and it brings hope when all seemed hopeless you see we don't bring Jesus into the boat to calm the storm that our brothers and sisters are in Jesus may calm that calm that storm but that's not why we bring Jesus into the boat see we don't bring Jesus into the boat to cure the cancer We don't bring him into the boat to restore the job. We don't bring him into the boat to repair the marriage or to to end the dependence. Jesus may do any or all of those things. He has the power to do any or all of those things. But that isn't why we bring him into our brother or sister's boat. See, what we do, what we are equipped to do, is to bring Jesus into the boat to help calm the storm that is inside of them. 
We climb into the boat to bring peace to them, to bring comfort to them, to bring strength to them, to bring hope to them, even while that storm continues to rage around them. And it's that peace and it's that comfort. It's that strength and it's that hope that comes when they know that Jesus and his people care about them and care about their storm. So how do we bring Jesus into the boat? How do we bring the presence of Jesus to our brothers and sisters in the midst of their storms? Well, the first thing I want to do is I want to mention a couple of ways that I think this body does an excellent job of bringing Jesus into the boat. But then I want to focus on some ways that I think that we could do better, some ways that maybe sometimes we fall short. First, the good. I believe that this family does a great job of bringing Jesus into the boat through our extremely active prayer lives. I love that I'm part of a a body of Christ, a part of a congregation, a part of a church that is a praying body of Christ. We're a praying group of people. When we find out about a storm, when we know about a storm that's going on in the life of someone, we pray up a storm. It's kind of in our DNA. That's who we are. That's what we do. And that really helps people feel the presence of Jesus in the midst of their storm. And I also think that we do an excellent job of sending cards and making phone calls. When we know about the storm, when we find out about the storm, those cards and those calls just come raining down on people. And believe me, that helps people feel the presence of Jesus in the midst of their storm. We do a good job of those things. So don't stop praying up a storm. Don't stop raining down cards and calls. Those are good things. Those are important things. Those bring the presence of Jesus into the middle of the storm. But those things aren't enough. So we need to do more things to actually climb into the boat with our brothers and sisters. And some of you do a great job of these things. But some of us, including me, are spending too much time on the shore and not enough time in the boat with our brothers and sisters. So what else can we do to bring Jesus into the boat? Well, one of the things that we need to do is we need to bring Jesus into the boat through our physical presence. Not just by sending cards, not just by making phone calls, but with our physical presence. We don't just send cards, we also bring dinner. We don't just make a phone call, we meet them for coffee. We don't just keep someone in our thoughts, we take them to their doctor's appointment. We bring Jesus into the boat with our physical presence. We climb into the boat with our brothers and sisters by being physically present in the midst of their storm. And we aren't just physically present. It's also important that we provide physical touch. Now, don't get me wrong. We must respect appropriate physical boundaries. I think we all understand those things. But we also need to understand the power of a hug. The power of just a squeeze of a shoulder, the power of a held hand. We climb into the boat with our brothers and sisters with our physical touch. And we not only pray for our brothers and sisters, we pray with our brothers and sisters. 
See, when we're physically present, we can vocalize our prayers for and with our brothers and sisters and bring Jesus into the boat as they hear us pray out loud with them and for them. And that brings peace and comfort. We climb into the boat with our vocal prayers. We aren't just present. We are compassionately present. We don't just show up because we're told to. We don't just show up because it's the right thing to do. We're physically present because we care for them, because we love them, because we care about their storm. We don't show up out of duty. We show up out of love. We climb into the boat with our compassion. And not only do we have compassion, we have empathy. We hurt We hurt because they hurt. We hurt because our brother is hurting. We hurt because our sister is hurting. We literally feel their pain. Now, we can't know exactly what they're feeling in their storm. And listen up very closely. We shouldn't ever even suggest that we can know exactly what somebody else is going through because we can't. It's their storm and it's their feelings. It's not our storm and it's not our feelings. We feel their pain. We feel their pain because they're our brother, because they're our sister and they are in pain. So we climb into the boat with our empathy. And finally, we climb into the boat with our brothers and sisters in the midst of their storm with our commitment. See, we must have a commitment that says, no matter what happens in this storm, I'm going to be with you in your boat. I'm going to continue to be awake. I'm going to continue to be aware. I'm going to continue to care. That's the commitment that I'm going to make to you in your storm. About 20 minutes ago, I said that I wanted us to all leave here knowing that we've all been called and equipped by God to serve our brothers and sisters in the midst of their storms. I said I want us to leave here knowing that we aren't helpless because we aren't helpless. And I also said I wanted us to all leave here knowing that even when we are in the midst of great storms, we aren't alone and we aren't hopeless. All is not hopeless. Because it is not hopeless. So I want to end our time together by reminding us why we aren't helpless. Why we're not helpless when faced with others' storms. And by reminding us why we aren't hopeless when we face our own life storms. Romans chapter 8 verse 31, Paul wrote this. He said, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? He goes on to say, Christ Jesus who died, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Because that's true, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble separate us? Shall hardship separate us? Shall persecution or famine or nakedness or the sword separate us from the love of Christ? And Paul says, no. 
No, because in all these things we are more than conquerors through him, through Jesus Christ who loved us. And Paul is convinced, and I am convinced, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So how do we have confidence to climb into that boat? Why aren't we helpless We have confidence, and we're not helpless because no storm can separate us from the love of Christ. No storm can separate us from the love of Christ. And why do we have confidence in the midst of our storms? Why aren't we hopeless in the middle of our storms? Well, because no no storm can separate us from the love of Christ. That's why we're able to have confidence in the midst of our storms. That's why we're not hopeless in the midst of our storms. Because no storm can separate us from the love of Christ. Why do we have confidence? We have confidence because God, the only true and living God, God is on our side. And how do we know that he's on our side? Well, not because of the absence of storms, because there always will be storms. But we know that God is on our side because of the presence of Jesus. It's not the absence of storms, it's the presence of Jesus. Our help comes from Jesus. Our hope comes from Jesus. Because Jesus is alive, because Jesus is awake, because Jesus is aware, because Jesus cares, we have help. We have hope. So we're going to stand up in a moment. We're going to sing our final song of the morning. And I want to issue you an invitation. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to be someone who is always awake. Always aware. Someone who always cares. and Someone who is always willing to climb into your brother or sister's boat in the midst of their storm. I want to encourage you to do that. But I also want to say that if you're here and you are in the midst of a life storm, if you feel like you're drowning, if you feel like you're alone, if you feel like you're hopeless, won't you give us a chance to climb into your boat with you so that we can help bring Jesus' peace and Jesus' hope in the middle of your storm? Won't you let us help? But to help, we have to know that you're in the middle of the storm. You can let us know in a few different ways. As we stand and sing the song, you can walk to the front and let us know what you're going through. We'll let you know that we're ready to, to step into the boat with you. If you're more comfortable going to a more private setting, a couple of our elders or an elder and his wife will be in our library. You can make your way to the back and ask directions to the library And I promise you, there's nothing that they would rather do than to talk to you about your storm and about how we can climb in the boat with you. Or you can take one of those green prayer cards. You can write on there what you're going through. You can drop that in the box. And you can can be assured, you can know that on Monday, we'll contact you and we'll talk about how we can climb into the boat with you. Whatever your needs are, won't you let us know? 
while we stand and while we sing this song together. Sing, Lord, like a shepherd.